0: Hello everybody. I am Chocolate Tear Games and this is the Indie Spot podcast and I'm joined here as always by my friend Warsong. Hello, hello. And today we are talking about the sequel to State of Anarchy, State of Anarchy: Master of Mayhem. So, just real quick to start us off, I'm going to say as you can hear by my very squeaky voice, I'm one of them millennials, right? So, I never I never really grew up around arcade games like i was never a part of the 16-bit era of games but what i do remember very fondly is coming home from school with my friend i mean i'm still in school but coming home from like elementary school with my friend and we would go on to like new grounds and we would play all kinds of games and this game gives me nostalgia for that you know like i'm getting nostalgia for that like lovingly made it was made by like a guy and you can tell there's like very not professional voice acting and the art is simple but that actually gives me some nostalgia to my past when I would play games like this on stuff like Newgrounds
1: yeah see and I used to love Newgrounds myself Um, now I was part of the 16-bit age I was actually part of the 8-bit age so that's kind of dating me pretty badly uh, we played all, all kinds of really strange, esoteric games way back when. Uh, and a lot of it was the game industry trying to feel out an interface, trying to feel out a way to communicate to the users and stuff like that. By the time Newgrounds came along, this stuff was already well-developed, it was polished, it was perfectly usable by pretty much anybody who could you know, toy around with Flash a little bit. And this game does feel like what you would find on a mobile platform nowadays. Which is what you would have found on Newgrounds uh or nowadays Congregate and other similar systems. Uh where it's just these you know, a, a kind of a micro game. It's deep and it has some real thought into it, it has some polish. Uh but it's it got a very simple, uh and humble look to it.
0: Mm, mm-hmm, definitely. Um and So I think we should just start jumping right into a game, and this game is a top-down shooter with a sort of open-world aspect, and in this, you're an unnamed... Is he unnamed? He's unnamed. Yeah, an unnamed character that is in a city that is falling apart from aliens and looting all over the place, and you're participating in that. You're going throughout your town, and you're stealing and killing as much as possible. This game is a top-down shooter, and a top-down shooter is only as good as its control scheme and as its movement. And what did you think about the control scheme?
1: The control scheme was workable. It wasn't anything that I would sit there and write home about. I wouldn't, you know, start penning a letter uh, to my to my dear wife, uh, you know, from the front, going, "This game's freaking amazing with the controls," but it works.
0: Yeah, it definitely works. My issue with it is I felt that the whole game was a bit sluggish. Did you feel this? Like, I felt that the movement speed was a bit too slow, and the bullet speed was a bit too slow, and a bit too short, and that would that made the game feel a little bit, I guess, simpler... Then it needed to, and it made it feel like a little bit less. That's why I'm saying it's a a little little
1: less top downy. When you have games like Total Carnage, uh, in in the you know the catalog of you know great games that were top down, uh, there was Chaos Engine. There's a bunch of them back in the Amiga, especially. uh, You have you know these games that had very tight controls. and this was at the end of the life cycles of a lot of these machines, like the Super NES. Uh, and the like. So these things had a lot of refinement to them at that point in time. And these were meant for use with a game controller. This game seems a lot more like something that you would expect on a mobile platform, like I said. Something that's requiring you know a not entirely intuitive touch interface. Uh, we are using keyboard and mouse, or at least I am.
0: I, right. I was using a controller because this does have controller support.
1: Okay, now I have to agree there. If you're using a controller, then yes. This is gonna feel sluggish, but if you're using keyboard and mouse and you're kind of keeping this idea that it's just kind of um, a kind of a more of a lighthearted game, you're not you you know, it's not gonna be twitchy. Then you're okay. Um, but if you're used to the top-down, you know, uh, those Omega Twitch games where everything has to be you know centimeter precision and everything like that, then yeah, this is gonna feel too too sluggish. It's gonna be syrupy.
0: Even even the game we talked about last week, Skip Chaser, I felt like that game did movement speed better than this one. I feel like that one was a bit quicker and a bit more responsive. And this one, at least my problem with controller, is the way it worked is you would use your left stick for movement and your right stick for shooting, right? And I felt like the right stick for shooting was a bit uh, unwieldy, and it really didn't pan out too well when it would come to things like you're surrounded by enemies, right?
1: Yeah, I had those situations where I was completely pinned down, like one corner of a bank. And yeah, it did get a little hairy. But I I, I was using still keyboard and mouse. Uh, and when it came to you know the shooting speed, the movement speed of the mouse, it's dependent on, on your own mouse's settings. So I didn't really have that problem.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, and while we're talking about the combat, what did you think of the combat?
1: Uh, I'm reminded a lot of Grand Theft Auto, the original one. Back on the uh, PlayStation, there was a lot going on there. You could jump into a vehicle and take off and go. Uh, it was open worldy, but you still had kind of a linear path. You were expected to, you know, uh, uh, get to certain goals at a certain amount of time. Uh, that was workable. Uh, I didn't mind that so much, and I didn't really need it to be an open world. It didn't have to be at all.
0: Yeah, I felt like this game didn't really need to be an open world. It certainly helped a little bit. Sorry for my squeaky chair. It helped a little bit um, with transitioning between levels because I feel like this game would have been a little bit worse if it was just level after level because the first two things you do is you go to a bank and you clear it out and then you get your associated power-ups and stuff that we'll talk about later. And then immediately after, you go to a different bank and clear it out and get the associated power-ups and whatever. But, so I feel like in this instance, that was actually better because you weren't just, if that was two independent levels, that would not have been good. That would have been a huge problem. And it's still not great now. But with the open world giving you a little bit of downtime and a little bit of time to mess around, I felt like it was at least passable.
1: Mm-hmm. And in that case, I would agree. I wouldn't have minded having a little more uh, variety when it came to the locales that I had to raid. Like let's uh-huh. say I had to raid like a food store to get food and then, you know, a bank to get money and an ammo store to get, you know, slightly better weapons upgrades or at least the, the ability to craft a weapon or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that this game needs a crafting mechanic. I, I don't think it does at all. But if I were to incorporate a, you know, crafting mechanic, then yeah, raiding a gun store or something along those lines would be a lot of fun. Um it would also have helped having a secondary weapon of some sort, because you have uh, enemies yeah. coming at you that have uh, explosive capabilities, and it's like, well, it'd be nice to handle them with another explosive capability, like a Molotov cocktail, a good reason to raid a liquor store.
0: Yeah, so the way that the way that this was an issue to me is you'll go through the level, right? Like, let's say you're playing the bank, you clear out the bank, you get the little dude that's standing on top of the building, you shoot him, right? And then... You get a new gun. So in the first level, you'll go from having a single pistol to dual pistols. But I don't know if you figured out a way, but I was not able to switch back to that weapon.
1: I never could either. I could never switch so, back to the single pistol.
0: If I wanted to, let's say, use the dual pistols after I got like a shotgun, you just mm-hmm. can't do that. So you have the shotgun. And that was a huge problem for me because I'm a guy that even if there is no on-paper difference... I really like switching up weapons to switch to different situations. And this didn't allow me to do that. This was just, this is the new weapon that you will have for the next stage. And yeah. this was a big problem for me.
1: It wasn't a large problem for me. Um, once I got explosive rounds on the shotgun, I was pretty happy. But I'll be honest, oh, yeah. I would have I preferred having more linear weapon, like dual pistols, with the explosive rounds that would have made my life a lot easier because then I would know exactly where my shots are going instead of having the scatter pattern that I'd have to worry about.
0: You'll have to relearn each new weapon for each new level because it doesn't really sync up the same way. Like You'll get the same overall shooting speed and you'll get the same bullet speed for the most part. But you'll have to relearn the spray and you'll have to relearn where you're going to have to aim to hit someone. So it feels a little bit unintuitive with the way that the guns work. And if it did have a linear thing, like let's say you stuck with pistols throughout the whole game and you got pistols and then dual pistols and explosive rounds and more and more and more, that would have been fine. But the fact that we keep switching up weapons with no way to change back is problematic for me. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like they, just, they just were just—they were innovating, of a, of or they were adding changes that I just didn't feel like was necessary, didn't need to be added, and actually ended up hurting the game overall. Um. So, sorry. Go ahead. Yes, this is this is a sequel, and that yeah, definitely so should have been tightened sequel. up. Because I played a little bit of the original no, State of Anarchy before this. Uh, I was just that out to just kind of get a feel of how that is, and not much has changed. I actually thought in the before I found out that this was a sequel, I thought that this was like more of like an expansion pack or like a definitive edition than it was a sequel because there is not a lot of change.
1: No. And for for what it does have going uh in its favor, uh, I'm not a big fan of the art style.
0: Yeah, I personally right. am. Uh, it's definitely not outstanding like, like you said, you in that know, sort of pen and paper of, art style uh, that uh, I remember. That particular era of it's nothing gaming. outstanding, but and it I didn't offend me. That. And it was it really did, I thought, look good.
1: See, And I, I like the idea of, oh, of yes. the pen and paper art style. As a matter of fact, there was a recent uh, review that I saw of a, a game called "Drawn to Death" metal or something along those lines, and it has it has an amazing you know uh, pen and paper art style. I really appreciate that, and this this is no slouch either. It's actually doing a pretty good job. The uh, between the vo- that and the voice acting, it feels like a game that a kid would have made in high school, you know, oh just in his, in his spare time, and that's fine. I mean, it brings me back to the days of Ego Raptor and his flash animations before he went to YouTube. Yeah, very very old school. You know, I could sit there and quote freaking various awesome uh, Flash movies right now, and I won't because uh, that would take far too long. There were so many of them. The uh, fact is, though, is that, you know, a lot of these games that were from that particular era uh, suffered from uh, a lack of real innovation between them, all right? One user would create one game, and another user would create another clone of that game with a reskin, all right? there's nothing inherently wrong with that and yeah the code was different and everything but still you had these issues with it and it wasn't until that system really started to mature that we started to see some real innovation in that area and this game is it feels like it has that that held back innovation that it's like there's something that could be done here but it was you know not low-hanging fruit it was not something that they would be able to accomplish quickly and easily. And since they didn't have a way to accomplish it quickly and easily, they just let it go.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that this um, feels like a game that would be made by a kid, like a lot of Newgrounds games were. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless I'm wrong, this is either not made by a kid, but is an adult trying to replicate that style, or it was made by a kid and it wasn't a great game. Because this game does not replicate That kind of nostalgia for me in the same way that a game like you said, Drawn to Death, did. Drawn to Death, I feel, really kept that pen and paper art style while shaking things up. But this didn't really, with its art style, don't get me wrong, it was was good. The art style was solid, and it had a good color palette, and it had good drawings overall. But it wasn't anything new, and it wasn't anything crazily different or out there or anything exceptional. It was just okay, and the music also follows suit in this. The music is also like it's that style of like electronic but instrumental, like guitar-heavy kind of music. But it's not much of anything, and it's very it's very mediocre, and it's very. It does tend unique. to disagree with itself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a, a, between electronica and between metal. It really can't seem to figure out what it or it's going. It which is strange because the uh, actual OST is a uh, DLC for this game. Is it? Yes, it is. Oh my. So if you wanted to get the the OST separately, uh, then you would pay another dollar ninety nine for it. Uh, which, if you happen to really enjoy the game, I absolutely agree that you should go out and grab the the uh, the OST for yourself. But uh, unless you just absolutely have this um, omega head hard-on for rock electronica uh then yeah probably don't uh the uh, folks who developed this game are actually uh russian in origin so uh yeah i do think he's trying to replicate this and he's a he's a not an older gentleman but he's a gentleman in his 20s so i think yeah. he's trying to replicate this but i don't think he really got there
0: and i'm just going to if there are any game developers listening i'm just going to give you a little quick little quick tip if you're making a game and your soundtrack is functional but not exceptional don't include it as dlc yeah, just I put it agree with just that. just keep there don't don't put dlc there as that's, as that's not of necessary offer it of
1: for free i mean i'll be honest if this had the dlc the soundtrack for free uh, it would that be that much more of a deal for me
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Because I, I would probably listen to this at least a little bit for free. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to pay for this. No.
1: And the game itself is actually quite inexpensive. Uh, I'll give them that. Yeah, so the game was, were, I believe, three ninety nine on Steam. If you were to get a copy of that and the OST for another two bucks, uh, you've walked away with a transaction of about $6. That's giving you a game and something you can put on your iPod. I don't see that as too much of a problem. But you really, really have to love this soundtrack in order to really, you know, plug it into iTunes and then get the files transferred over and do all that—that that song and dance. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not for it. It would have been nice. It would have been nice as an included bonus. Like, hey, get a uh, State of Anarchy, Master of Mayhem, uh, and here's the soundtrack for it. But boom, you know, that would have been a selling point for me.
0: Oh yeah. Um, and this game, this game's price is definitely one of the strong points because it knows what it is. The game knows that it isn't anything revolutionary with its price. It doesn't know, it doesn't It doesn't try to be a big project. So it prices that accordingly. I've seen games like this that are priced upwards of between $5 and $10. And this game is not a $10 game. This is a short game that you're going to play for a little bit. You might not play this over and over again. You're going to play this a couple times. And you're going to enjoy it. But it's not something that you're going to want to... Play over and over again, so it's not going to warrant that price tag.
1: You might want to play it again, like in a couple years, just to revisit that particular world. You know the freedom of it, but again, you're you're probably going to get slowed down by the syrupy controls. Uh, The thing is, he's actually taking input from his user base about things like the game speed and stuff like that. So when it comes down to it, um, your your advanced users, people who are used to games of this particular genre are going to feel like, yeah, th- this game is sticky. But uh, w- and when he looks at what his user base is asking for, they're actually asking for things to be slowed down or things to be sped up and other things like that. And he's tweaking this according to the needs of his audience, which is value-added, in my opinion seeing definitely. a developer go out of this go out onto a limb and sit there and go okay I'm actually going to listen to what the, the feedback and actually develop the game in accordance to that to patch it to what it is the user base actually wants it to be that is dedication and that is worth the 3.99 absolutely
0: mm-hmm. if if you're going to be a developer and you're going to go and make a game you definitely want to listen to your audience you're going to want to you're going to want to pay attention to what they have to say if not for updates in the current game for the sequel or the next game you work on, mm. this is definitely a very big strong point. Now, I wasn't aware of this. So, I'm uh, really glad that this guy is listening to criticism and listening to, listening to what people have to say, and going to work from there. Hopefully,
1: so. I, I think he's acutely aware as well that you can't please everybody, so he's finding a good middle ground. You know, instead of you know pretty much making the UFOs static so that people just have to, you know, run around and shoot them like they would the little guy on top of the vaults. uh, he's just slowed them down a little bit. You know, this, this is workable.
0: Okay. That's, that's good. Uh, do you have any other big features you want to talk about or do you want to do some last calls?
1: Uh, no, I think what we've covered here is pretty much giving you everything you need to know. I mean, the game is solid, it's playable. Uh, if you enjoy the the mechanics of it, then the game's nearly perfect. But if you're somebody who's interested in something a little more uh, well tuned, a little more tweaked out for something you know that's experienced, uh, especially a user who has experience in this genre, then yeah, you're probably gonna buy this, play with it a little bit, and you're not gonna ask for a refund because you actually enjoyed yourself.
0: All right. So, what would you give State of Anarchy on a scale on a scale of 1 to 10?
1: A solid 7.
0: All right. A solid 7. So, a little bit a little bit above but not anything exceptional.
1: Not anything I would... and truly exceptional. This is something that's very specific to a very uh, specific set of users who will really 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 enjoy this game, and anybody else who wouldn't
0: really enjoy this game is actually going to have some fun anyways. All right, and I would personally, I'm going to go a little bit lower, and I would give this game, for the common player, a 5 out of 10. It's mm. right in the middle for me. It's, it's not bad by any standard. This game is functional. It's enjoyable. I didn't find myself wanting to quit when I was playing, but it doesn't have anything that's really great for me. It's nothing, the art isn't fantastic. The music isn't exceptional. The gameplay needs a little bit of work. So it's right in the middle for me at a 5 out of 10. Yeah.
1: My only caveat with my uh, particular rating is that if um, you're you're one who really, really enjoys this particular type of game, or if you're a hardcore gamer, then it's going to be a solid 5 for you. If if this is something that is just right up your alley, it is definitely worth the money. And I will say anything above 4 stars... Is worth the money they're asking for it, and at the price point that this is being asked at, the four dollar price point, it is absolutely a solid seven. If it was being asked, if he was asking for ten dollars, it would get that four rating like
0: that. Yeah, definitely. All right, so thank you for joining me again on problem. the Indie Spot podcast. Uh, where can people find your things and see things that you do?
1: Uh, you can go at to uh, Rage Login. Uh, you can put that into Google, and that should bring you something. But if not, uh, there's ragelogin.blogspot.com. Uh, that will bring you my main page, which links to everything else.
0: All right. And you can find me at twitter.com slash game, No S on that one. And you can find my Patreon to support me and get some extra episodes and reviews. You can get patreon.com slash games. And I will put links for all our stuff in the description. Uh, thank you for joining me, Warsong, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. <laughs> bye. Okay.